Hello, my name is Chris Mikowski, and welcome to Sharing with the Community, the official podcast of Kiwa Island. Today, I would like to welcome Lynn Sager as our guest. Hi, Lynn. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. This is very exciting to yes. be able to educate the public on our turtles. Yes, we're super excited to have you. Now, um, I would love to know kind of a little bit of your background, what brought you to the island and to Kiwa, and then what your background in turtle patrol. <laughs> it's kind of long and scary. <laughs> <laughs> But we first bought on Kiowa in 98. Our second son graduated from the Naval Academy and was stationed down in Charleston. And so we came here to help him move into his apartment and get settled. And we took one day and came out to Kiowa and totally fell in love with it. And that summer I had read Mary Alice Monroe's book, The Beach House, with Lovey and oh, okay. her girls taking care of the sea turtles, <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get down here. <laughs> I knew right then that's exactly what I wanted to do. But unfortunately, at the time, you had to be a full-time resident, boo-hoo. I was so disappointed. Um, and we I was not full-time until 2002. Okay. So it was the early 2000s that I joined the patrol, and uh, worked for several years as a volunteer in a zone. And a few years after that, a zone captain had become ill Mm -hmm. and had to give up the position. And Joe Pizzullo asked me if I would be captain in that zone. So I was captain in that zone for about five or six years. And then Joe, after 25 plus years of heading our turtle patrol, Mm He retired and asked me to replace him. So I went through interviews with the town, with Joe, with DNR, and uh, that's how I became the permit holder. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you have plenty of years of experience yes. on the, the Q Island Turtle Patrol. That, yes. That's awesome. I um, So I know most people, and Turtle Patrol is definitely a popular topic. Everyone loves the baby sea turtles. Um, now, one question I have is what um, exactly does per- Turtle Patrol do during the, um, the season? Okay, it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Our season starts May 1, so I start running the truck, which travels the entire beach looking for the crawls. We call that nesting patrol. Okay. So they look for the crawls, they investigate and read all the field signs, determine where a nest is, Whether the nest needs to be moved or not, because if it's below the high tide line, that nest would get washed over and the eggs would not be viable by the end of the incubation. So they would move the nest, mark it, create a nest card for that nest, and then the hatching patrollers who walk a one-mile stretch of the beach every morning check those nests for predation, doming, uh, doming would be when it, there's a heavy rain and the sand gets very compacted, okay, yeah. so they have to loosen the sand so that um, the turtles will be able to get out. The incubation period is about 60 days, Okay, and that's when um, the nest emerges, all the hatchlings emerge from the nest, and three days later, we dig into the nest to inventory it, and we're basically counting how many hatched eggs, how many unhatched eggs, were there any dead hatchlings in the nest, and were there any live. And if there are live, this is the hook that brings our volunteers in. 
we have to release those turtles to the water, let them crawl on the beach on their own, um, but make sure birds don't get them, ghost crabs don't get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really it's really a fun activity, and we've opened up Turtle Patrol to um, not only full-time residents, but part-time residents and even visitors. Oh, wow, we okay. Have, we have vacationers that come down here on an annual basis or every other year basis strictly to do turtle patrol for the week that they're here. That's that's amazing. It I, is. Um, that's actually uh, ironic. I, when I was a kid, I vacationed here on Kiwa with my family, and okay. we did a turtle patrol, and we went out early in the morning and watched the... Uh, the baby loggerhead sea turtles crawl to the <laughs> crawl to the beach, and it was the it was the coolest experience I've ever had, and I remember it to this day. I mean, there's still pictures, you know, with my family, and you know, it was just a really really unique experience to um, to just witness. And yes. I, I would definitely encourage uh, folks to, if the opportunity presents itself, to definitely take advantage and and um, you know go watch this amazing just nature happen exactly and we've even instituted in the last several years what I call a shadowing program okay because some people are very interested in learning and very interested in following the patrols on the beach but they're not really willing to give up an entire week of getting up and out on the beach at 6 Mm a.m. and I can totally understand that which was why we created this program of shadowing so they can go out one day, they could go out all seven days if they wanted to, but they're not a member of Turtle Patrol and can't do the work that the Turtle Patrollers do, but there are many ways that they can help, plus they can also learn what we're doing. That's that's amazing. Now, if um, individuals want to get involved in, in both either the week or the shadow um, you know, program, how do they do that? What exactly are the steps to get involved? Well, number one, they would get in touch with me, um, either by cell or by email, and okay. that's in the town's website. Okay. Um, it's my cell phone number and my email address, and they should try and do it as early in the year as possible. I get people requesting things as early as February. Once the season starts in May, our zone captains have all of their schedules put together and it's really hard to then accept more people at that point. So January, February, March is a perfect time for anyone to contact us and we need their contact information, cell phone numbers, emails, local address where they're going to be on the on Kiowa mm-hmm. and we'll try to place them in a zone that's nearby where they'll be staying. Okay, and so um, there is a cap on the amount of volunteers we can have per... There- There's not really a cap. Um, I kind of leave it up to my zone captains. Okay. And for instance, I'll give you an example. In zone eight, they now have 64 volunteers. Wow. Yes. (laughs) So the zone captain said to me, please, can we stop with new ones? And that's what I'm usually waiting for, an indication from the zone captains. Now, next year... Zone 8 might have 20 people that all of a sudden can't do it, so they would be willing to take on more. Okay. So that's kind of how it works. Last year, we had a total of about a little over 250 volunteers participate in the program. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. I I love to hear that. And, 
You know, speaking of Turd Patrol, I, you know uh, the season did start on May 1st. Yes. How is everything going? How's the season going? Because oh, we're, we're well into it. It's going great. Um, we didn't actually have our first nest until um, May 6th. Okay. But as of yesterday, and I don't have the information as of today, because when I left the house, the truck had not been to my house yet with um, eggs yeah. to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> So as of yesterday, we had 35 nests. And just to give you some perspective, last year, yesterday's date, we had 10. Wow. So it's proving to be incredible. a big year. That's yes. incredible. Yes. That's a, that's a big jump. Yes, it is. Um, so that means we're having a successful year so far. That, so far, so good. That means good. You, you're, being bu- you're busy, too. We are busy. Yes, <laughs> yes. The truck folks have been out there. For anywhere from four and a half to five and a half hours each morning this past Amazing. week. Yes, Amazing. they've done a yeoman's job. <laughs> Man, that's almost a full day of work. It is. It <laughs> is. I bet you the, uh, the volunteers are tired after after their morning. Absolutely. That they is. are, but they're also gratified because it really is gratifying work to be able to find those nests. Yes, and I know the town is very um, grateful for the volunteers and all that you guys do for the island and just for the turtles in general and um it's important that we keep them um safe and protected and and help them at all costs um that said what are some ways that not only the community but anyone listening to this podcast can protect turtles well some of the things that we run into on that we see on the beach early early morning are deep deep holes that people dug the day before and did not fill in or big mounds of sand that people didn't knock down. Those are things that could affect the turtles. Holes, they could fall into it and not be able to get out, and that has happened. Um, We have been out on hatching patrol several years ago in the morning and found a hole that had five hatchlings in it, and the hole was at least eight eight to 10 inches deep, and they could not get out. So filling in holes would be a wonderful thing for people to do. Okay. Um, And they can also clear the beach at the end of the day of all of their beach equipment, chairs, um, toys, towels, uh, because those things, we need a clear, flat beach for Mm -hmm. those turtles to be able to crawl up. And it's hard work for them, yeah. but they adapt. I mean, they've been around for millions of years, mm-hmm. but and they are no longer here in South Carolina on the endangered species list, but they are on the threatened species list. Elsewhere in the world, they're still on the endangered species list, but they've existed for so many years, and we just love the fact that they're still around. So if we can do little things like that, and it's not too much to ask, I don't think, Mm -hmm. to fill in holes and remove your beach equipment at the end of the day from the beach. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for that. And I know know a lot of individuals like to take kind of nighttime strolls on the beach and stuff like that. Yes, that's another issue. um, Can you kind of speak on that and using flashlights and kind of some tips and tricks Um, individuals can do um, when they go on their nighttime strolls on the beach? Well, I could just say that most nights on the beach, if you just let your eyes adjust to the darkness, you can still see. You don't need a flashlight. The reason we 
ask folks not to bring flashlights or headlights on their bicycles or headlamps on their head um, is because that light disorients, disorients the turtles, whether it's a mother turtle or it's hatchlings. And it's very laborious work for that mama to crawl up a beach. They're built for the water. They're mm-hmm. built to swim. But to crawl up on the beach, if you see them, you can tell how exhausting that trek is for them. If lights are shining on the turtle, they're going to get dis- disoriented. They could end up going into the dune grasses. They could end up turning around and not leaving a nest at all, which we call a false crawl. Mm-hmm. And many times it's probably people interference or dog interference because these animals spook easily. As big as they are, <laughs> they're little babies. <laughs> and they get nervous And if something is making loud noises around them or lights around them, they will turn around, go back to the ocean, and try coming up somewhere else. Oh, okay. Wow. That's that's really great information. um, Now, if someone um, desperately needs to use some type of light on the beach, what would you recommend uh, for those type of individuals? The town uh, has stickers that go onto the flashlights. They're a red sticker because the red lights are least um, affecting the turtles. The white light is what really affects them. Um, The Nature Center also has these stickers and the Municipal Center. So people are free to just take what they need and use them on their flashlights if they really feel the need to bring a flashlight on the beach. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. And um, I guess my last question for you is, What's next? What's next for Turtle Patrol? Any, any exciting news? or? Well, in the summertime, um, Allison Fry organizes a bunch of volunteers. We've set up a um, table at the Freshfields Farmer's Market, mm-hmm. and they educate the public there. Oh, great. It's excellent. Um, it's, been, it's been received very, very well. We end up sharing our table with the Shorebird Stewards, so I believe Allison has setups every other week, and then Shorebirds also has it on the opposite weeks. Great. So. Oh, that's exciting. And um, thank you so much for your time today and just coming in and speaking with me um, you know, about Turtle Patrol and then kind of the experience and how the individuals and community can help um, you know, these beautiful turtles <laughs> you know, live and, and, and um, nest protect, you know, safely. Um, now, I know the town will continue to update the community on the number of nests that we uh, currently have and when the hatching starts to happen. And we'll, we'll, let, the, <laughs> we'll let the community know and um, we'll definitely be sharing pictures and videos. So, okay. Okay. Um, great. Thank you, Chris. Of course. And I do have to say I would be remiss if I didn't that all of Turtle Patrol is grateful to the support that we get from the town from Kika, from the resort. It has been wonderful over the years, which I think is why our program is as successful as it is. So thank you to the town, Kika, and the resort. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you.